Hello everyone, welcome back. This week we'll be hearing from Heidi Snyderburn, the host of Birth Story Podcast and the founder of Birth Story Media. Enjoy. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. You're welcome. It's great to be here, Eugene. First, I'm curious about the Birth Story Podcast. What's it about? How did it start? And what did you set out to achieve with it? Oh my goodness. So many great questions. So the Birth Story Podcast, the platform is education through storytelling. So I'm a certified birth doula and I host the Birth Story Podcast. I'm also the author of a pregnancy guidebook and journal called Birth Story. It's a 42-week discovery into someone's pregnancy. And I guess the idea started probably in 2008-ish when I got turned on to podcasts. And I realized at that point that no one had really tapped into that birth space. And so the seed was planted. But at that point, I had been a doula for about 10 years. And I was just starting on my own journey into parenthood. So it wasn't really the right time for me. And then um, after I had my kids and they were a couple of years old, I decided to enter into the podcasting space with a new platform. So there are several birth podcasts out there or birth story podcasts out there that simply tell birth stories. My podcast, we tell birth stories, but as a certified birth doula and a childbirth educator, I do a lot of interrupting, I would say, and we take pauses and stops. Um, So that as women are explaining their birth journeys and their pregnancy journeys, I am clarifying what some of those terms, medical terms mean, some of the things that they may experience if they're having a hospital or a birth center or a home birth, so that a listener could really utilize the podcast as a free platform for gaining education and empowerment for their pregnancy and their birth. This is going to be a silly question, but what's a birth doula? It's not a silly question. Almost everyone in the world, I think, has never heard the term. So doula is spelled D-O-U-L-A. The very first time I heard the term, I typed into Google D-U-L-A. So I also had never heard the term doula before. And the term doula means woman servant. So throughout the world, throughout time, even if you look at um, most mammals, most mammals birth either alone or with other women. And in our culture in America and other cultures, there was a, a turn that happened in the early 1900s where we moved away from birthing at home and birthing with midwives and birthing with our our aunties and our cousins and our sisters and our grandmothers and we started birthing in a hospital with our our husbands or our partners or our spouses our girlfriends or boyfriends and um you know maybe not really a role that everyone was born to play historically um and so the the role of a doula then emerged formally, even though it's been around since the beginning of time. Um, so it's a term that's now used as someone that's more of like a birth coach. 
someone who takes you through your pregnancy emotionally and physically, but not medically. So you have your midwife or your doctor to make sure that you and your baby are healthy from a medical standpoint. And then you have a doula to help you through your pregnancy or labor and delivery from an emotional and physical, um, religious, spiritual, you know, protection and advocacy role. And so then on your podcast, what you do is you go through these stories with people from that perspective. Exactly. So I interview people who have had doulas and who have not had a doula, but the lens in which I interview my audience is through the lens of a doula. So I will ask questions, especially if someone experienced medical trauma, if they ended in a cesarean section, if something happened to them in their birth where they felt like they didn't have a voice or they weren't advocated for, we, we push pause in the podcast and we explain those terms. We explain if you had a doula, how maybe that outcome would have been different or as a doula, what role I would have played in helping the client make a decision towards that uh, change in their in their birth plan or however their birth unfolded. So the podcast really looks at the whole picture of people's birth experiences and elevating the birth experience by education, by learning. So the more we know, the more we're empowered, the the better the chance that we have a positive birth outcome, a low chance of a cesarean section. Or if a mom has a cesarean section, um, that they don't walk away from that experience feeling like they have medical trauma from it. That makes a lot of sense now. My next question is, who listens to your podcast and how do they find out about it? And what strategies do you use for growth? Also, great questions, Eugene. This is one that I'm really trying to understand through podcast analytics. The best way that I have to uncover my audience is the people that write into me or the people that comment or the people that leave reviews. I would say it's 99.99% females age 20 to 45 that are nearing their birthing time. So they're either pregnant, they're trying to get pregnant, or they're on a, you know, a first or a subsequent pregnancy. Um, many of my listeners are on fertility journeys. So trying to get pregnant and going through IUI, IVF, different medications. Um, and then just the majority of people that write in at the end are ones that have just given birth and let me know how much the podcast helped them prepare for the wonderful birth experience they had. So it sounds like they are mostly just typing in birth into podcast hosts and finding it that way. Yeah, birth and birth stories. So women love to listen to birth stories. We love to tell our birth stories. We love to listen to birth stories. And so the name of my company is Birth Story Media and the website is birthstory.com. So I do try to use like hashtag birth story or hashtag birth story podcast or hashtag birth story book as a way to like drive listeners um, to the audience. That was going to be my next question. Other than your podcast, uh, what other things do you have for your listeners? Do you have a website, do you have a YouTube page, Facebook group, and how does the podcast fit in with that bigger business picture? 
Yeah. So I love this because I'm in the middle of building birth story media. So I was in corporate America for 20 years, as well as being a birth doula. And I took the leap three years ago to leave corporate America and launch this media company. So right now the company consists of the website birthstory.com in which the, you can purchase the book there. You can listen to the, the podcast directly from the website but also there is a section called the workbook. And this is where as a doula, I write free guides for my audience. So if someone was pregnant and they were interested in having a birth plan, learning about the pros and cons of placenta encapsulation, Bangkok belly binding, circumcision, vaccinations, there are several, I mean, probably more than 20 free guides available right now that anyone could go to the website and download. Those guides, as well as the way that I train my private doula clients, and in combination with the book and the podcast, all of those elements are being combined together right now, building out online childbirth education courses. And I'm doing that in combination with the director of obstetrics from Chapel Hill, Dr. John Thorpe. So our goal is that anyone listening to the podcast would be able to use the podcast as a, their free resource. If they wanted to dive a little bit deeper, they could purchase the book and journal, which is in one, to really guide them through their whole pregnancy. And then in 2021, we hope that they would then be able to add on their online childbirth education courses where they'll get direct access um, to me and my teaching as if they were a private doula client, but for a fraction of the cost. Do you ever repurpose the content that you use in your podcast for a workbook or the content from your book in your courses? Is there any crossover like that? Yes. So a lot of the transcriptions that we um, made in the podcast translated into content that went directly into the book and is currently being translated into content content that will go into my subsequent books that are coming out. So right now we have birth story, which is your overall pregnancy guidebook. But if you are pregnant with twins or you're specifically a VBAC, a vaginal birth after cesarean, there are smaller books of birth stories that we are creating right now too. And we're using the content from the transcriptions from the podcast to be able to build out those books. Those transcriptions are also heavily used in um, social media. So on Instagram and Facebook, um, the slug is at birth story podcast. And so it's very easy to just pull quotes um, from the transcriptions and then repurpose those with, you know, audiograms. And also there is a YouTube channel that I use. So I put all my podcasts on YouTube as well. I don't know if I told you this earlier, but one thing that you can do with Podscribe transcripts is you can download them as an SRT file and add them as subtitles to your YouTube page. And I've seen a few places which say that they actually increase your views by like four to 13%. So that's an option. Awesome. Um, We're going to have to add those on today. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you how to do that. Um, I want to drill down further with the book because that's actually something that many people ask about. So you take your raw transcripts and then you have the content for a niche book and then you edit them to 
what's the process from going from transcript to book? Yeah, I mean, my favorite tool is Control F. So once I have all of my podcasts um, transcribed, and then I'm specifically like, so right now I'm focused on my book for um, VBACs. So I look at all of the interviews that I've conducted where we talked about vaginal birth after cesarean. And when I find that keyword VBAC, those then narrow down all of my episodes into the episodes in which we talked about VBACs. And then I am able to easily pull out content from those specific podcasts and those specific transcriptions where we use key terms like VBAC. And are you using the all search widget where you're able to look through your past backlog to find those keywords? Yes. And it's very easy. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And so from I haven't heard of control F before. So once you have found all of these snippets from all of your different episodes, you have the raw material, what do you do from there? Well, I'm kind of old school. So I print it. <laughs> I print it and then I have a highlighter. And so part of my creative process as an author is redigging through that material, seeing what really stands out to me, and then where I think that the learnings or the teachings are most critical that would need to be translated into a book. Once you have that, you probably put it into a Word document or something like that. You write it up. And then when it comes to publishing, how do you publish? So I work specifically with what's called custom publishing. So it's a form of independent publishing or self-publishing. Instead of selling my books to Penguin Random House or some major company or distribution company, but having a better quality product than like I can make on a Word document when I don't have a degree as a designer. So I worked with a company called Spark Publications on the first book, and they're working with me on my subsequent books also. And Spark, Public Spark Publications is a custom publishing house. And what that means is they have everyone from editors and content creation to design. They design the cover of your book. They design the inside of the book, the graphics. They take and author's words help you put them in the right places, help you design them, and make a beautiful book. I mean, I do believe that the birth story book is one of the most beautiful and relevant pregnancy guidebooks on the market today, and it was hugely due to the creative process of Spark Publications. However, that whole thing costs about twenty to thirty thousand dollars. That's it, and then I, at the end of it, I own a hundred percent of my book versus selling the book for a hundred or $200,000 to a big publishing house. That's all you'll ever make. And then, or maybe, you know, two to 5% royalties. So custom publishing really goes hand in hand with the things that you are doing, you know, at Podscribe so that independent authors can really still maintain control of their creative process, but also own 100% of the rights of the words that they have either collected or written themselves. Thanks for telling me about that. That was really interesting to hear. One thing that I had noticed when when I first met you and over Zoom and we were going through your website was that you already had transcripts before you came to Podscribe. I'm guessing you, you were you already had in the back of your mind the intention to use your transcripts as for, for book content, right? I did um, from day one, but also my primary, my primary reason for tri transcripts was supporting a community with disabilities. And so what got you to switch over to Podscribe? 
well, the valiant sales effort of your company. Um, no, there was a couple of things. I wasn't satisfied with the company that I was currently using for transcriptions, which was automated, very inexpensive, a little clunky, not so user friendly. I mean, it did the job, right? Like it transcribed and it was okay. And there was probably 94%, 92 to 94% accuracy. So it was fine, but it didn't do anything more than that. It didn't give me anything else and it was an added step. So I would finish all of my work and I was like, oh, I have something else to do. I have to do the transcription and I have to copy it and I have to paste it and I have to put it on the website and I have to check it for accuracy. And the one thing that I found with Podscribe that, you know, sold me to switch over was it eliminated work in my workflow. So it was completely automated. So when my podcast each week gets uploaded, I use Libsyn, gets uploaded to Libsyn. I don't know what you do on the back end, but all of a sudden I get an email with my transcription and my podcast player already, like the embed link already there. So it has saved me at least one to two hours per week per episode. Um, and it, that's my time is valuable. So there's no amount of money I could put on saving an hour or two of my time per week. So that's really helped me. That is very good to hear. As far as I can tell, we're the only ones who tap into your RSS feed, which means that a lot of the process is actually just automated and you don't need to upload anything or wait until your podcast is is finished editing to upload something and then to get your transcript it just comes straight to your inbox so i'm super glad to hear that okay and where can people reach out to you and listen to your podcast if they'd like to learn more yeah so birthstory.com every episode's on there the birth story podcast is on every podcast platform player that i know of that's available and also i would love if anyone would follow on instagram and the slug again is birth story podcast and of course the same with pinterest um youtube i mean i'm pretty consistent with birth story podcast across all of my platforms well thank you so much heidi for coming on and I wish you all the best with your podcast. Thank you, Eugene. I'm really appreciative that I was able to um, really collaborate with Podscribe and they're helping to grow my business with Birth Story Media. Thanks a ton for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at eugene at podscribe.ai. That'll be in the description. If you would like to follow us on Twitter and YouTube, uh, just look up Podscribe AI. If you would like to learn more about our transcripts or if you would like to get a sample transcript of your own podcast, just send us an email with the name of your podcast or visit us at podscribe.ai. Thank you to the team at podcast.co for the music and thank you for listening. See you next week.